All right, this is the Colorado Springs LGBTQ Oral History Project. My name is Shay Anderson. I'm here with Tara Bush. Do you like to introduce yourself? Um, I'm Tara. Um, I'm a, it's okay. Uh, I get that a lot, so no worries. Um, as far as introducing myself, uh, yeah, my name's Tara. I'm a DJ here in Colorado Springs. Um, been doing it for since about 2013. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, speaking of that, when did you move here or have you always lived here? Um, so my family's from Louisiana. Um, my dad joined the army um, probably in 1985. He was first stationed in, in Colorado Springs is where I was born. Um, and then of course, being a military brat, we traveled probably every three years to somewhere new. Um, I lived in Germany for six years, New York three, Kentucky three, three years, when I mean three. Um, and then we moved back here my junior year of high school where I attended Coronado High School. Um, graduated in 2006, then went to Otero Junior College on a basketball scholarship. And yeah. That's so cool. We're just yeah. like around everywhere, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Very diverse. <laughs> yes. Yes. Also, I went to Coronado for a couple of years. Did you? Yeah. So that's fun to know, like more local people. Oh, yeah. Totally. I only went there two years. So. Okay. And so from being in the South, would you say that the community is very different here? Oh, yeah. Totally. It's night and day. Yeah. I mean, we live in a very conservative city. Um, so, but it, it is a different atmosphere in the South for sure. Like there's just not a lot of acceptance. Yeah. With, with just, lots of things, not even just in the LGBT community, like mm -hmm. just even racist and it's a lot mm -hmm. of racism. So was there more diversity where you lived before or more here? As far as in the places I've lived? Yeah. Um, I think that New York is a very um, pro-state of a lot of things. So living in New York was completely different than living here in, in Colorado Springs. But we also live in a great state. So it's just our city is a little conservative. I yeah, it is a little bit different. Yeah. I definitely noticed that like there's so many facets of the city. Like we're located in downtown and it's such a different atmosphere than being like where I'm from up north. So I feel like you would definitely notice that like in the scenes that you're a part of as well. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. So how has um, been like navigating growing up as like having to move around a lot, would you say was hard to find groups of people? I mean, I've always been the one to find friends quickly, but it was always hard to leave, uh, you know, a, a school that you loved or friends that you loved or an like a place that you loved. I love New York. Like I'm a, I'm a New York Giants fan, always will be, but I didn't, I only lived there for three years, but I love New York. Like New York, if I could move back to New York, I would in a heartbeat. Um, but it's, it's a very expensive state to live in. <laughs> Oh. But um, yeah, no, the, the diversity was amazing. Uh, I got to experience so many different types of cultures and music. And that's why I love music so much is, you know, the military life helped me, 
you know, shape who I am in my DJ life as well. Okay. Would you, would you like yeah. to like go into that a little bit about how the military specifically led to that? Yeah. I mean, like growing up as a military brat, like we're, we're on a military base and there's children everywhere of different, you know, cultures and diversity and like learning their music and they're learning my music and it just being able to be around so many different types of people. Like that <laughs> my, my knowledge of music is insane because of it. I mean, you go from country to rock to, you know, classical music. You good? (laughs) (coughs) Sorry. No, you're good. You get some water, girl. That's super cool, though. Like being able to be exposed to that, like kind of unintentionally because you're just around so many different people. Mm -hmm. Really like digging into it. Um, So for music also, like how would you say that reflects how you express like your identity? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm so I'm I'm everywhere with music. Like if you if you opened up, and I, I think most people are like this too. They're like, if you opened up my music library, I would have so many different types of music. And it's true for me. Like I don't really know how to like. I don't know how to answer that <laughs> question because my music is just everywhere. Like it's just it doesn't really define me honestly like I'm I don't it's hard to explain that because I I love so many types of genres of music (laughs) no you're good yeah I think there is like this idea that you're tied to one like genre of music especially you know with being a DJ maybe there is there's an assumption that you might be really tied to like house or something like yeah but it's super multifaceted and how you want to like express that and yeah and don't get me wrong there's DJs out there that are like specifically like I'm a house DJ I'm an EDM DJ I'm a hip-hop DJ but for me I'm an open format DJ which means I play absolutely everything under the sun yeah so wherever I'm at like I'm just gonna play how I, I fill my crowd and that's what I go with yeah yeah and it is like I think with that, being able to read the crowd too, it connects, you're able to connect better with them because you have such a, you have a wider range of knowledge of different tastes and things. So Mm -hmm. people are more, I think they would be more into it because you are able to um, reflect how they're feeling. Exactly. 100%. I think that's why I'm as successful as I am. Okay. How did you get into DJing? Um, Well, in 2013, 13 I did something stupid and I got in trouble and I had a job on Fort Carson and I lost it I lost my job and I got in trouble with the law not gonna go into details with that um but I was so fascinated by DJing and just I love music of course but just the thought of taking one song and going into another making collaboration of it like I was just so fascinated by it so my dad knew what was going on in my life. And I was like, dad, I need your help. Like help me just buy some speakers and some equipment and I'm going to teach myself and I'm going to make sure I do this. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to be good at what I'm about to do. And he's like, yeah, sure. So thank God for my dad. He went out and bought some speakers and a, a mixer and I taught myself how to DJ and that's where it began. 
you know, and everything happens for a reason. So yeah, yeah, that was a shitty situation that I, I got myself into, but something good came out of it. Okay. So you were able to draw that from your experience and mm-hmm. kind of emerge from that. Oh yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of kind of inspiration, do you have any specific artists that you were really inspired by or that are you utilize a lot? Um, I mean, man, a lot, a lot of people ask me this question and I always get like stumped because I'm like, I love so much, so many artists. I mean, Michael Jackson, of course, has always been my number one. I mean, just his knowledge of just different instruments and how he puts it together. Timbaland is a producer, also an artist. I, I look up to, um, uh, shoot, Aaliyah. Um, Elvis. I've always been a big Elvis fan. Um, mm-hmm. The Beatles. Like if we were, so you you can hear my like, and, and Garth Brooks is one of my favorite artists. So my my range of music is everywhere. So that. those are like my top, you know, ushers up there. Like those are my top. Yeah, definitely a very diverse range. I could tell. Yeah, you're all like okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, are there any, is there anyone that you've noticed is requested a lot by people when they're out? Are you talking about today's music or are we just talking about in general? Yeah. Like anyone who you notice like at the club or something that really likes to put on. Gets people oh, today's music. So I'm, I'm in nightclubs and majority of what I play in nightclubs is probably like hip hop some top 40 so i mean we're coming with megan the stallion cardi b um little baby the baby like all those type of artists like those are really big when i'm into like open format like when i'm at there's a club called train wreck that just opened up it's more a diverse crowd i mean you're people are asking for like michael jackson and prince and earth wind and fire and stuff like that yeah but yeah it's it's like all the new stuff like cardi b megan the stallion Mm -hmm. so is the club that you're in specifically is it for lgbtq people i'm in in every possible club like i'm in the gay club scene i'm in the straight club scene um i work right now i'm at club q um la burla b which is downtown it's not a gay bar but they're gay friendly um and then i i work at other various bars that are straight and how would you describe the difference in scene between those two? It's way different. <laughs> well, I mean, in the gay community, like people just are like, this is who I am, you know, and I'm going to be who I am. And they're going to dress the way that they want to dress. And um, in the straight community, it's, it's very conservative. It's very like, you know, I'm not ever going to dress, you know, in underwear and walk around with no clothes on. In the gay community, they're like, whatever, like, this is me, you know. Um, yeah, so you you'll never see drag queens walking around a straight club. Right. So <laughs> it's two different worlds, mm-hmm. two different. And you know what? There's a lot more drama in the straight community and clubs, and than there is in a gay community. Oh, really? I I worked at I worked at I've worked at Club Q for now. Oh shoot, I would say six years now, six or seven years, and we've only had one fight. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's night and day. And then I work in the straight clubs, and it's like a fight every single night. Over something. Egos. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> Two different um, worlds. How do you feel about, like, the LGBTQ nightlife scene in Colorado Springs? Because I haven't heard it's horrible um there was one point springs nightclub was pretty good but nowadays it's just not ever since be honest with you all bars and clubs have died because of covid it's just not the move anymore um people want to go to dive bars and um or places like train wreck where there is an atmosphere but it's not a club atmosphere clubs are dying it's a it's a dying breed for sure. Is Club Q the only one that's a, like gay affiliated here? Um, there's Club Q. There's La Berla B now, um, and then that's it. That's well, and then there is I Icons. Is it's like a piano bar. Okay. I've never been there, but I've heard it's pretty cool. So yeah. So how did you start working at Club Q specifically? Like, did you seek it out because of that affiliation or was it just like, I wanted to be in a club for my job? I wanted to be in a club and I wanted to be in the scene as well. Um, so they were having a, it was Pride weekend and I don't know what year it was. And there was a host on the radio. His name at the time was uh, D-Rock. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him, but he was on 98.9. Um, and he introduced me to the owner of the club and he was like, try out. And so I did. And then he, they all absolutely loved me. And I've been there ever since. Oh, wow. Yeah. Was the, what involves a tryout? Um, you know, you go up for a few hours, you play a little bit, see if the owner likes you or not. And if they do, then you're in. If not, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Just like a normal tryout for anything. Okay. If you're good at it, you're good at it. You're not, you're yeah. Not. yeah. So you mentioned um, you wanted to be part of the scene. So if you don't mind, would you, how would you say you identify within that? So before, uh, before being a DJ, I was always in the clubs. I, I like to dance. Um, so that's another reason why I love being a DJ because I love making people dance. But I was always in the straight world, you know, as a lesbian, mo I wouldn't say most lesbians, but there's a lot of lesbians that are out there that would rather go to a straight club than go to a, a gay club. Um, when I got into the DJ world, I knew that I wanted to be a part of the LGBT community, especially in Denver with tracks and all those big nightclubs that they have. Um, I just wanted to be accepted also in the community as a lesbian DJ for their club. And that's, that's hard to be accepted as well too. Even in a straight club, it's very hard to be accepted as a lesbian and a woman in the industry. But at Club Q, they did accept me. It felt great. And so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've been there ever cool. since. Um, <laughs> so what is the contention with women in the DJ world? Is it like the, just that they don't see, they're not seen as qualified or not as like in the know as other people, specifically like the men? The male dominant industry, 
Um, and it's hard for women. Just a, an example, like I'll walk into a club, a nightclub, or a, it doesn't a corporation party or a birthday party, and I'll walk in and everybody will stare at me like, "Oh, comes this girl DJ." Like, and then I start playing, and then all of a sudden people are like, "Holy shit, you're good!" And I'm like, "Well, why wouldn't you think that?" It's because I'm a woman, and and it is a male dominant industry. Okay. And then I got a little, you know, on top of me being gay and noticeably I'm gay, you know, it's hard for people to understand when they first see me and I'm starting to set up my DJ equipment and they're looking at me like, well, what is this girl about to do? So <laughs> it is hard. It is hard. It's, it's, it's a challenge. Uh, would you say that within, like you mentioned this a little bit earlier, within this LGBTQ community specifically, the acceptance for being like a lesbian and what would you say is the like conflict there oh, here let me move my location because I have people coming in here um the con sorry can you repeat that question what would you say is the conflict of acceptance for being a lesbian specifically in either like the night scene or just in general you said with trying to actively be part of like the gay community here? I don't know for the gay community, like being gay. I think that as generations, because you know, when I was going to high school in 2006, it's completely different for the LGBTQ community right now. Like it's easy for everybody to just be gay now. Just in 2006, it was hard for me to be gay and be open and say, hey mom, dad, I'm gay. You know, it, that was hard, you know? So as years go by, it's easier to be gay. Mm. I feel like it is. Um, but in the DJ world, like the only thing that I come across that's hard for me is the straight community because I, I walk into an establishment and I go to an owner and I'm like, hey, I'm a really good DJ. And I don't fit the criteria that they're looking for as a woman DJ because most people are looking at women DJs as sexy and, you know, they have this look to them. And so that they look at me and they're like, oh, you got two strikes against you. You're a woman and you're a lesbian that dresses like a boy, you know? So it's hard to be in that world. And I so badly want to like break barriers with that and um go into those straight clubs and be like I, I did it like and it shouldn't be about what I look like it should just be about how I perform and so yeah that that's the that's the biggest challenge of being a lesbian and okay. being a DJ in the industry is is really the straight world it's it's not about the gay clubs that's easy okay. people are accepting yeah. yeah yeah that's really cool that or taking that initiative, like I think it's amazing to focus on that performance aspect rather than like what you were saying, the look of it, because when you're in the club or whatever, your focus, it should be on the experience instead of who you're receiving, being received by really. Exactly, yeah. So speaking of, or going back to like Club Q specifically, mm -hmm. what's like the most interesting event you've seen there? 
it's it's always Pride Weekend. Pride Weekend is always the <laughs> biggest weekend there. Have you guys been at all mm-hmm. to Club Q? No. Um, yeah, um, Pride Weekend is insane. They they extend the patio and um, which the patio is kind of small, but then they extend it into the parking lot. And I mean, we're bringing in I don't know the exact numbers, but it's thousands. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. And it's awesome. Like it's so much fun. Yeah. Next year, you guys got to come. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> so would that be one of your favorite memories from working there? Oh, totally. Always Pride Weekend. Okay. Always. Or New Year's. New Year's is always a good one, too, but Pride Weekend, definitely. Would you say, have you seen anyone like, it, or I guess it could be like an outlet for people who you wouldn't expect to be at these things to be? Yeah, there's a lot. A lot of the straight community actually comes out to Club Q and supports it 100%, which is awesome to me. Um, it's mostly straight women. It's hard for men to walk into a, a gay establishment because of just their egos. And <laughs> But we do have a lot of support through the straight community, for sure. Mm-hmm. There's like more, would you say the allyship is more underground or are they more up? Or are they upfront about it from what you see? I think they're upfront about it. Yeah, there's nothing underground. And I, like I said, like as we you know progress, like yes, we're in a conservative city, but our, our world is completely different now than it was even just a few years ago. So yeah, it just gets better every year, I think, um, especially with the straight community coming out and supporting us and you know, having our side pretty much. Yeah, that's really great to know as like a young person that you can see those visible changes. Oh yeah, totally. How would you compare working at Club Q or in the Springs in general to anywhere else you've DJed or worked? The only other place like uh, city-wise is Denver. Um, and then Denver's just a completely different you know, ball game, like they're very progressive. Um, so it's easy to walk into, they're very fast paced, of course, Club Club Q, Colorado Springs is still kind of like a little bit backwards on a lot of things. Um, but when you walk into Denver, it's completely different. I mean, they're just, they're with the times, I guess you would say, with where Club Q is still kind of like, all right, we need to do some updates. We need to <laughs> figure stuff out. So yeah, Denver's definitely completely different. Okay. Um, so, but when you mean like behind it in terms of like policy or just policies um, and, and well, uh, I guess, okay. So with Club Q, we've had some issues where it was, it's a very male dominant club. And so for it's hard for the lesbian community to support Club Q. Um, we just had some owners um, step back and the, they were the ones that were kind of like, yeah, we're, this is more like male dominant. And we have some new um, people that are running Club Q now and then they're bringing in more lesbian like um, things in like parties and and trying to promote that we're not just a male dominant club like we're for everyone so that that's what I mean about them being kind of backwards kind of like they're not where they need to be where you walk into a a nightclub in Denver like tracks like 
you feel accepted by absolutely everything, you know? So that's what I mean by we're a little bit behind. Are there more, or would you say this scene is more prominent in Denver too, just because they're not in as much of a conservative community? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then you, and of course you're in a, you're in a, a city, like you're in Denver, okay. like it's just, the gay community in Denver is probably one of the biggest in the nation. Really? Yeah. I mean, they, and Trax, Trax has the biggest lesbian um, party every first Friday in the world. Mm. So. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. There's so so every much first I Friday. Yeah. Every There's first so Friday at Trax. Definitely go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I feel like as you know, young people who aren't in old enough to technically be in the scene yet. There's so much you don't know about it. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> but we're everybody's at that age where they're like, well, I don't know anything until you guys go out and venture out and see. And you're gonna be like, oh shoot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah. Um have you seen any like queer drama at the clubs? I mean, the only queer drama I ever see is drag queens. They're they're so dramatic, you know, like they're really they're really into their their character. So yeah, it, that's really it. And it's it's all bickering, nothing crazy, like but that's the only drama I ever really see. Yeah. Definitely a juxtaposition from the straight clubs then. Yeah. Um, yeah, straight club drama is 10 times worse than a gay club will ever have <laughs> yeah yeah um do you have any specific memories from DJing like any set that was super memorable to you um I've opened up for quite a few artists I think my favorite was DJ Polly D I don't know if you guys know who he is um he was on Jersey Shore mm -hmm. um yeah so I opened up for him and then I recently just opened up for Sean Kingston. I don't know if you guys are. Yeah. Um, I, I have a list of people I've opened up for, but those two were very memorable. It was at CSU Pueblo. Um, they, they do like a, like a festival once a year and they bring all these artists in and yeah, that was fun. That was exciting. Adrenaline rush, you know, DJing in front of thousands of people. It's crazy. Yeah. I bet that would be super overwhelming, but in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> then just like super in tune with like, this is good, the set, you know? Like, yep, this is it. <laughs> this is what I've been practicing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And then have your crowd just like scream and sing along to what you're DJing and yelling it to the top of their lungs. And you just see people just going up and down. Like, it's an adrenaline rush. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you ever go and are you ever in the crowd instead of like up on stage? Like when I'm DJing, like I like jump down into the crowd? No. Um, no. <laughs> you like going to like festivals and stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I love concerts, festivals. I like to see what's out there. I like to see what other DJs do. You know, that's that's a part of growing in my, you know, my profession like I want to see what other people do not mimic it but 
you know, practice a little bit more because there's better DJs out there than me, you know, so you got to keep trying to figure out what's new and what's hip because as I get older, music, you know, start, it's still coming out music and I hate the new music that is out <laughs> now, like totally hate it. But of course I have to play it because that's what the people want. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or there's like a visibly younger crowd. <laughs> Yes, and I'm like, oh man, I gotta play the little baby music, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I yeah. That would. I'm be not a big fan of the new music, but <laughs> it is what it is. Um, have you ever worked a drag show? Once, and I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> No, not not because I don't hate drag queens. I love my drag queens. I love I love what they do. Um, it's just that's not for me. Like, I just play a song and then they perform, mm -hmm. and then I play another song and they perform. It's just boring to me. Like, I want to be up there getting people dancing and constantly having this mix go. And that, yeah, that's why I hated it. Not because it was a drag queen show, <laughs> for the record. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, because the experience is more on like watching them than the music. Exactly. Well, I mean, their music selection, it has to be legit, but yeah, it is kind of not for me, not my cup of tea. So, what I know that being in the scene here is different because there's not, it's not as active, mm -hmm. I guess, or visible. So, how has networking been difficult? Yes. Um, because I, I just don't think the community is here. You know, there is a community, but it's an older generation type community. Like you got the old lesbians that don't want to come out, you know, and then it's just, it's just not the seed here in Colorado Springs is not great. Um, it's not horrible, but it's not great either. Okay. <laughs> Would you say that about or how would you characterize the dating scene here? If you, I don't know, because I have been in the dating scene for 10 years. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. yeah you but I, um, no, I recently haven't gotten married yet. Um, we had just postponed our wedding. So that's just okay. a whole different ballgame. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, but I've been in a relationship for 10 years. So, to be honest with you, I have no idea what the dating scene looks like. That's fair. <laughs> Maybe that's a good thing to not have to deal with that. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you want to, or you, you could tell us a little bit about your partner. Um, her name is Michaela. Um, and I met her in 2012 and we have a kid together and yeah. Um, we were recently supposed to get married, but a lot of stuff happened, which is okay, you know. Um, yeah, and that's really it. Like, we've been rocking with each other for 10 years now, so. And that's pretty long in the lesbian world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. That's like uh, a lifetime. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, yeah. And does she go to shows and things? Yeah, she tr she tries to support she tries to support me as much as possible, but we have a kid, you know, mm -hmm. and so kid comes first, and that's okay. 
but when it comes to like big shows festivals yeah she's 100 there but Is nightlife it? no she's not about that <laughs> okay <laughs> Is navigating like nightlife and home kind of difficult? And I, I know you also have another job too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I work at um, community prep school. Um, I'm an advocate and I'm, I also teach DJing. Um, oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a second chance school, kids that are either addicted to drugs or alcohol or, or homeless. Like, so this is their second chance to finish school. Um, yeah, and, and you know, it is, as I get older, it's just hard on my body already, like to be up from nine o'clock at night to 2 a.m. to wake up, to do the family life, to then work a, a full-time job, to do it all over again every weekend. I'm DJing at least three times a week and staying up till two in the morning. So it is hard. It is rough. It's not mm -hmm. easy. So how did you start? working at community prep um it shoot, i don't remember the year i started i think it was 2017 i dj'd their prom and i was just watching the interactions with the teachers and the students and i just felt the love from there and i was just like i have to work here like i just have to and so i went and talked to the principal and i knew somebody that works there and she was like hey we're hiring and that's how it happened that's super amazing i think that you have that opportunity to cultivate a community or cultivate these people who might not have had access to it and yeah um specifically with your class that you teach how does that work so i created a curriculum over the evolution of hip-hop and i started with the beginning of you know dj which started hip-hop and so we, we start from there and then we go into um, learning like the equipment, you know, the wiring, all that kind of stuff. And then I start teaching them, you know, counting music, um, keys, it's called the Camelot wheel. I start teaching them about that and then learning how to put two songs together. And then to the point where they're mixing more than two and then they go to five and 10 and 20 to where they're doing three hour sets of music. Wow. <laughs> Impressive. Yeah. It's so much more extensive than I thought. Yeah, DJing is definitely um not what a lot of people look at DJing and they're just like, oh, it's just somebody up there pressing play or hitting buttons and stuff. Like it's a science to DJing. Um you could you could play music, but if you can't read a crowd, then you'll never be good. <laughs> so yeah. there's a definitely a science to it. Or establishing a flow sort of that too or just establishing yourself like it takes a long time to become something or someone in in this industry mm -hmm. how old are the students that you teach uh ranges from 15 to 23. okay so is any have you ever seen a student at the club oh uh, yes <laughs> just recently I, I, there was a group of students that showed up to it's called a havana nightclub it's off of academy um it's a straight club and there was a group of them and i was like oh my god <laughs> i gotta get out of the scene now <laughs> yeah because now they're here drinking <laughs> oh my god yeah. it was horrible i was like oh yeah. miss tara i'm like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. But do, so at school, do you ever, because of your class, you ever talk about, you know, actually being in the scene? Like, are students interested in that? Oh yeah, they think I'm so cool. I'm really not. (laughs) Yeah, they think it's so cool. Have you helped anyone get into it because of that? I've helped two students get into it. Um, One is working at Skate City as a DJ. And then the other one is actually in Denver and he's doing pretty well. So, but he's into house music. That's not my forte. I'll play it. Like I'll play EDM. I do like EDM music, but he's really into it. So that's what he's doing. So I've helped him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's some other DJs that I've, that I've helped that they're just not in the actual scene yet. They're kind of, we call them bedroom DJs where they just play at home and yeah. So hopefully they'll get into the scene. That's really, I think that's so cool though, that because of, you know, you, what you've taught them or just even having that mm-hmm. kind of class, it's made people have a new interest in it. Yep. It's an outlet, especially for these students. They need an outlet. And so that's why I created it. And I thought it would be a really cool, cool um, class to have. That's really cool. I'm actually going to ask a follow-up question. Would you say that like being with students that range to like a higher age, like, would you say you're able to cultivate like a different type of relationship than with like a 15 year old, for example? Oh yeah. I mean, just even on music, like if you ask a 15 year old, their favorite songs and artists right now compared to a 23 year old, completely different. Um, And then also just creating um, a relationship with them. So there it's easy for them to open up to me. Mm-hmm. um where a 15 year old is kind of like but a 23 year old they're already like I've already been through life like yeah so it's easy for me to have a conversation with someone that's a lot older for mm-hmm. sure yeah and I don't know if you're asking a question with my DJ class or you're just talking about just in general like, um I feel yeah more like the students that you teach yeah yeah it, well I think the old okay I would say from 20 to 23, it's a little bit harder sometimes because it's kind of their way or no way type attitude. Like, I already know this, like, totally. I already know this music or, and where you have like the 15 to the 18 year olds are like, all right, like, let me learn something about Michael Jackson. I mean, there was one time I had a student that didn't even know who Michael Jackson was. And I was like, <laughs> Lord, I was like, what? You're living under a rock. <laughs> like, so yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it it's sometimes the, the older that they are it's harder to teach than um especially with the music because they think they know it all kind of thing oh yeah, yeah. I feel like I could see that <laughs> <laughs> but like ultimately you would say it's like rewarding work to teach those kids oh yes oh yeah it's the best job I've ever had um so kind of going or I don't know how to say <laughs> my transitions I feel like are all sounding the same <laughs> no it's okay it's okay what does it mean to you to be a queer educator specifically or does that have any impact on your job I um so when I first started my first few years there um it seemed like the queer community at community prep wasn't really coming to me. They weren't like, 
reaching out to me and I don't know what it was you know I was like okay like I'm part of your community we're family like come come to me come talk to me and I don't I don't know what it was but over the years just recently like I've had a lot of students that are you know in the queer community reach out to me and talk to me and so it's very rewarding because they tell me their problems and their issues or I just recently had a student is not out to their family it was like how did you do it? You know, what are the steps? So I think that's the coolest thing about it is, and rewarding is that I've already lived that. I've already been through that. So it's nice to know that I'm an adult that they trust, that they can come and talk to me and get some advice for their next step in their life, which those are huge, you know? So yeah, I think rewarding. that's super valuable to have. And even if they don't directly, knowing that you are available if they needed to is yeah so important. Mm. How do you approach like questions of gender and sexuality with young people? Mm. What do you mean by that? Like what? If you know, people are questioning or something, do you like questioning them like if they're if they're gay? Yeah. Or, or just identity in general. Like confused, you... like by um that's a hard question to ask. I think if I was presented with it, it would be different. I don't know. I don't think I've ever had that happen. Um, the, I'm just trying to think of all the students that I've had over the past years and just if there was anything like that, the only, um, conflicts that I've had were, like I just said, coming out to their family. Maybe the only thing that I've ever came across was when a student wanted to transition from, um, male to female and was questioning it and you know I don't I don't know how I'd go about that like I, I asked them questions like well why do you want to change like is 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 this something you've always felt you know your entire life or is this something just recently happened like this is a lot of questions that I ask um never like you know I'm just there to listen I guess I've, I'm never the one I'm never one to say you need to do this or you need to do that um it's ultimately their decision so yeah I don't really know how to answer that question I don't really, I don't think there. that I really had to sorry <laughs> oh no worries kind of just going off of like subsections that we had kind of thought of okay. um so for interacting with young people like students versus in the club do you think that having such a wide range of people you're around has influenced how you approach people or just do you think it's been useful to be around so many different types of individuals um yeah um i, I think working with my students um has shown me like the different generation now like it's so like that's why I, I said earlier it's so easy to be gay now it seems like because walking into this high school I'm like there's 
the gay community is just, I'm gay, you know, and then everybody really truly accepts it. All everybody. And nobody really like there's no bullying, especially at our school. We don't have a lot of bullying, which is great. Um, and no put downs or anything like that. So, but then you know, the older crowd, like the clubs and stuff, I don't really interact with them. The only time I interact with them is when I play my music and I get them to dance. I don't actually go out to the crowds and talk to them and get to know them. Um, so it's kind of really, that's a hard question to ask as well, because I don't really interact with my crowd at the clubs. Okay. <laughs> Would you want to eventually maybe like learn about those, the people who go, or is it, would, would that be kind of difficult to? I think it'd be kind of, well, it, it would have to be at night that I'm not DJing because I wouldn't be able to do both. But um, you mean like get to know the people that I DJ for? Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, that, I think that would be kind of cool. Um, it, but like I said, I'd have to do it on the night I'm not DJing. I can't do two things. <laughs> yeah, that'd be hard. But yeah, definitely. I would definitely like to get to know the people that come out and support me, which is a do lot. You have a, oh, sorry. Do you have like a consistent fan base? You feel like yes. you see the same people a lot. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and they follow me everywhere I go. They're like little groups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that makes it more interesting because you're like, oh, I've you've heard this, you heard me play before, so now we're we're gonna give you an even better experience now oh yeah and they, they, that's what they love about me is that every time I DJ it's something new it's never the same set it's always something fresh and different and I have to do that if these people are following me everywhere I have to <laughs> definitely be yeah a little bit different yeah mm -hmm. um what are your goals for future like in music or life and family even um, I want to get into production. I want to start making music. Um, I feel like that's my next step. I mean, I've always wanted to go on tour with someone. Uh, I don't know necessarily like Beyonce status, but um, <laughs> um, I would love that, of course. But something where I'm, I'm getting out of Colorado. Um, I don't belong in Colorado Springs. Um, I belong I'm not even exaggerating. I belong in New York City and Miami and Los Angeles. Like, um, I don't belong here. And so I need to venture out of Colorado Springs. And that is my goal probably in the next year. And would you say that part of the reason you haven't been able to is because you don't want to leave the job at the school? Yeah, and family. Like, my, my fiance is not big on wanting to leave her family but she knows if I want to get to the next level, I have to leave. Like, so she understands that. So those are those moves I'm going to start making. Hence why I postponed the wedding. So there's, there's that. So I, I have to follow my dreams. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you think like, sorry, just going to interject again. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, do you think that like, when you do move to a city, like you'll continue like teaching or like do you think it'll just solely be to focus on DJing and like production it'd probably be just DJing and production um I would love to get into more schools and show them show them my curriculum and kind of like put that into um 
more music because DJing is, it can be a career, um, a really good one at that. Um, so I would, I would love to get more into the education and, you know, as I get older, like that's just something I'm going to have to start thinking about. You know, I can't do, I, I mean, there is this old lady, I think she's in China. She's like 80 something years old. She's still DJing, but that is not what I'm trying to <laughs> But yeah. Yeah, I think eventually I'd get more into education of stuff. But right now in my life, I definitely want to focus on the DJing and the production. Mm -hmm. What kind of artists are you seeking out? Um, probably like B-list um, right now, underground type artist, because it will just be easier to get into that. And once I get into that, then hopefully they open up for A-list artists. And so then they get to see me, hopefully, and that'll jump me up to the bigger crowds, the bigger artists. So I have to start small to get big. Mm -hmm. Do you have anyone here that you know of who would, or are you working with anybody here, really? That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> Artist-wise? Yeah um i had like local artists um i don't know if you've ever heard of troy good like i've i've done some stuff with him um and that's really it i've i've opened up for pretty big people like morgan walling i don't know if you guys are in country um eli young band um kent jones t pain oh um yeah aaron carter i don't know if you guys know who he is mm -hmm. um shoot the list goes on i'll have to max i don't know if you guys know who he is he had he had a hit bryce vine mm -hmm. um I, I opened up for him twice so i've, I've opened up for more like b-list type people than local artists how is like the process of like getting to open up the like getting to open for somebody do they ask you or do you reach out to them so it's whoever's running the festival um is who uh makes this like a uh, lineup of people and so then they'll ask me to open up for each artist and that's what i usually do and festivals yeah what advice do you give your students who are trying to get into the scene because it is it seems pretty difficult um once they get the class and once they finish and they're able to do a three to four hour set um my advice to them is one play the hits two read your crowd and three it's going to take a long time to get to where you want to be because you have to establish who you are, you have to have a fan base, you have to have followers. Like, it's not just you're a DJ and you go into a club, like owners are gonna be like, well, what does your following look like? You know, what have you done? Depending on what club this is. Like if we're talking about big clubs in Denver, like you have to have the following. How so did take, you yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna take time, that's all. Um, what would you say was the most impactful thing in growing your following specifically? Was it, you know, putting out like 
snippets of a set or just like you interacting with people like I wouldn't know how to go about that yeah, no, I mean social media you have to be on top of that thing like it, it is like a second job like constantly posting on it and getting people to follow you but yeah posting um mixes and stuff and putting that out there so people can hear what you sound like before you walk into a, that club or venue that I'm going to be DJing at so people get you know like oh shit like she is really good so I'm gonna go check her out um but yeah definitely social media is definitely has helped me be where I'm at have you been able to connect to different like LGBT community through social media too um the only um organization that I've been able to connect with was obviously pride for Denver and Springs, but Inside Out. I don't know if you guys heard of Inside Out. Yeah. Which is a youth. Yeah. That's, yeah. So a while ago, you, or at the earlier, you mentioned that your dad was the one who helped you get into DJing, like with buying the equipment. So does mm -hmm. he still support you now? Is he still like active about it? Or oh yeah, he loves it. My dad's also in a band and he, he travels to, um, he's a local band and he goes to like breweries and all that kind of stuff. But he is so, we're, we're a music family. Like, so he loves what I do and I love what he does. So we support each other very well. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad that. Oh yeah. That's so cute. Like that you both are, have that connection. Oh yeah. And we love it. Music has definitely true. always been our life. Oh, always yeah. been a thing that we've connected with. I'm trying to think of what I was saying, but um, yeah, that's great because I think it's it connects people so well. Because mm -hmm. oh, we both know this artist or mm -hmm. this like genre is like our thing, and I think it's I mean some of the people yeah. go out to, is mm -hmm. to be part of it. And exactly. would you say that music is influential in your immediate family now too? Oh yeah. Yeah, my son is obsessed. Like he won't learn how to DJ. He's not about that life. He's like, whatever, I don't want to learn that. But he um loves Michael Jackson and Prince. He tries to mimic all the I, I think every kid had tried to mimic Michael Jackson at one point. But um he loves music and it's because it's always blasted in my house. Like I always got to continue to listen to it. So yeah, definitely. It's huge. How old is he? He's eight. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. Have you yeah. ever thought about like doing something for that young of kids, just like getting them involved? Like to teach? Yeah. I would love that. Um, I haven't gotten into it yet though. No. I would like that though. That'd be cool. But they're also they're also very young, and you'd have to find a, a a kid that's like really into it, you know. So I, I'm looking at I, I look at my eight year old, and I'm like, he's definitely not into it. He's so into <laughs> sports, you know. Like so, yeah. Um, <clears throat> how is raising like a son specifically? Um, so my son is Mexican and black. Um, 
and he has two moms. <laughs> so he's got a lot, it almost, I wouldn't say against him, but in a way, yeah. Um, especially just what we, what we're dealing with in the world today. Um, just even being black, you know, so, and a male at that. So it, it's hard, it's hard navigating um, and talking to him about everything. And he's only eight, you know, so you almost want to like, you know, don't look at the news, don't look at this, don't listen to this, but in, in a way you have to, you have to be proactive with it. Mm-hmm. The way they know what the world that they're living in. It's hard. Yeah. And, and it's hard being, um, you know, in a, a lesbian relationship, raising a son. That's hard too. So. I don't, it's not even having a son, just having a kid, like, you know, you don't want your kid to get bullied because they have two moms, like, but like I said, I think that the, our new generation is definitely changing the world in a, in a good way when it comes to that. And just redefining what family means. Yeah. Yeah. That is... I think it's so cool to even just be able to talk to people with that difference of like, it's so, it isn't the stereotypical and you can learn a lot from that. Mm. Yeah, you can. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. Is there anything you would like to add or just let the people know? (laughs) I don't think so. I think we've, we've we talked about a lot of stuff, but I appreciate you guys doing this. Uh, I don't know what this project is. I don't know the whole detail on it, but it seems like it's going to be really cool. I know some people that you guys have interviewed, so it seems like it's going to be really cool. So I appreciate yeah. you guys doing this. Yeah. It's, um, it's these little steps, you know, it's awesome. I, yeah, <laughs> especially in a place like Colorado Springs. <laughs> this yeah. needs to happen. you know being aware that there are people from those existing communities that you are able to talk to and you know you can totally learn so much even just by one connection Mm -hmm. oh yeah oh totally yeah um i'm just just go ahead sorry um just before we end you can finish this but um we do need like a picture of you okay yeah just by the way so <laughs> and I could just email it to you yeah mm-hmm. okay and it, do you is it a certain picture like you probably would prefer me like DJing or something right um I think it's yeah whatever as long as okay. you're in it yeah. perfect <laughs> cool yeah thank you again for being here and we will definitely we need to check out your something you played. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you do. Mm-hmm. How old are you guys? I'm 18. I'm 20. You guys are definitely club cue for sure. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'll be there. Um, shoot, I don't even know. Wait, is it an 18 plus club? Yeah, so every oh. Saturday. Every Saturday I'm supposed to be there, but I always get so many gigs other places that I plug in other DJs. So I think I am actually there this Saturday, so... Yeah. If you guys want to follow me on social media, that's cool too. Um, it's Tara DJT Beats. Um, and then you guys could just follow me and whatever I do. Oh, sweet. And then come that's say awesome. hi to me. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Nice you guys. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Do this. Resume and then stop recording. Oh. Stop recording.